In the beginning, God made. God made the heavens, the earth, light and day, night, sky and land and seas, vegetation. God made the sun and the moon and the stars. God made the living creatures of the sea, the birds of the air, and the living creatures of the land. God made all this, and God made man and relationship. City dwellers like us often have to take the opportunities, sometimes even so necessary, to get out of this man-made environment that we have and get into the God-made. The mountains, the forests, the oceans, the rivers, the sky and moon and stars. Even if it's just a few moments, or even in that tiniest sliver of the God-made, right nearby, called Prospect Park. It's so necessary for us, it's so life-giving for us to get into the God-made, get into that relationship that God has ordained for all of man with all of the God-made. That is, that relationship to take care of it. In these days of the climate crisis, it's become all too clear that over the last few decades, we have struggled to take care of the God-made. Couldn't God take care of all the God-made without man? No, it wouldn't be easier for us if God just took care of it God's self. Perhaps. But isn't that the beauty of life? One of the great mysteries that we are called by God into this relationship with God and with the God made. You know, I adopted a little kitten last year, and I thought it would just be a cute little fun time to have a furry little companion at home. And of course, it didn't take me long to realize that to take care of a cat, to take care of another living little thing, it's kind of a big responsibility, even if it's just a tiny little cat. But after some time, it dawned on me that there's so much joy to be found in this relationship that I get to take care of this little cat, this furry little companion, this tiny little God-made thing. Maybe you don't have a cat or a dog. Maybe you have plants at home. And what joy does that bring us, to take care of these tiny little green God-made things? What joy can we find in this relationship to take care of the God-made? Unless we forget, of course, that God made each and every human being what a beautiful and mysterious thing to be called into this 
this vocation of taking care of not only oneself as a creature of God, but to take care of each other as the God made. The self, the neighbor, and the God made all around us. That is the ground of our being, that we're called in this relationship. Just as God has made each and every one of us and so much we're around us, we can only see life in God that we live and move and have our being, as Paul restates in Acts. It is not without God or anything God has made that we live and move and have our being. We can't avoid it. We can only respond to the reality of it. That God is constantly calling us into relationship with God's self and to take care of the God made as God has called us from the beginning of creation. The ground of our very being is to be in right relationship with God and with the God made. In the passage from the Gospel that we hear from Matthew today, the casuists, the Pharisees in particular, are trying to catch Jesus out on a little moment, trying to find some crack in his relationship with God. They hit him with a few questions, and the first one they hit him with is, well, Jesus, is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar, the emperor, or is it not? Now, the Pharisees, of course, were opposed to Roman rule. They brought along the Herodians with them as they questioned Jesus. The Herodians were the ones who supported Roman rule. The religious leaders and the political leaders were trying to railroad Jesus. They wanted to see him pick one side or the other. If Jesus picks the side of the Pharisees, the political powers can have him for insurrection, for treason, for breaking the law. If Jesus picks the side of the Herodians, the Pharisees will denounce him. They'll disown him. He'll become nothing and no one. Jesus holds up a coin with the face of the emperor on it. And he says something that gets us beyond the question of the Pharisees. It's not just a matter of paying some kind of tax based on income or activity. Jesus says whatever is due to Caesar, give to Caesar. Now, the Pharisees didn't ask explicitly about God in this question, did they? But Jesus takes the Pharisees and the Herodians and anyone else with ears who will listen, he takes them one step further, or one step higher, or one step beyond. Don't just give what is due to Caesar. Give what is due to God. With no coin in his hand, no tangible point of reference, no medium of value, no face imprinted, Jesus tells the people, what is due to God, give to God. 
What exactly is due to God? We're not paying God as if some kind of transaction is involved. We haven't run up a tab or God doesn't have some kind of invoice that he's going to send us. We're not being billed. What exactly is due to God? Is God due rent? Like we're tenants here and the God made? Earlier in Matthew, Jesus quotes the prophet Hosea with the words of God saying, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. Perhaps then that helps us see a big part of the picture and answer a lot of this question of what is due God. What is due God, perhaps is mercy, just as God shows mercy. Forgive us our sins, we ask daily, don't we? As we forgive those who sin against us. Not mercy directly to God, though of course that wouldn't make sense. God the Almighty, the All-Powerful, the All-Holy, God's self does not need the mercies of God's creatures. Mercy to all the God made. The God made self. The God made neighbor. The God made creation. I desire mercy, not sacrifice, Jesus says. God does not do a a burnt offering sacrifice like an ox or a ram or two doves. God does not do some wine oblation or a, a grain offering. Perhaps God is due mercy because God desires mercy. Because God is a God of all mercy. For us to do mercy, then, is to live and move and have our being in God, who is all mercy. To do mercy is to present ourselves, perhaps, as the living sacrifice. As Paul appeals in the letter to the Romans, I appeal to you, sisters and brothers and siblings, by the mercies of God to present yourselves as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. To do mercy is to see all the brokenness in the world around us, to see how far God is from all of the God made. And to do mercy is to respond to all that brokenness by doing the work of making things whole again with and in God, that work that God has called us to do, that work that brings us together and brings us here and takes us to the regions beyond. Through Christ Jesus, to do that work, that ministry that we all have, that ministry of reconciliation, to reconcile all things to God. 
in a world full of so much beauty of the God made in us and near us and far from us and around us. And that same world full of so many places and spaces that feel so far from God. What a mysterious and beautiful calling we have as the church, as the living body of Christ, to do this work of mercy, this ministry of reconciliation, with God's help to take care of all of the God made, the heavens, the earth, the day, the night, the sky, the land and seas, the vegetation, the sun and the moon and the stars, the living creatures of the sea, the birds of the air, the living creatures of the land, mankind. Give to God what is due God.